0: Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. I like our worship team. I I just like everything about this church. I'm going to start my timer on this phone because that one there, I can't only see the bottom of it. We seem to be having timer issues. All right, here we go. Welcome to Church in the Wild, part two, in a sermon I've called The Blueprint. How you view other people who are different than you are. They don't have the same color of skin. They didn't come from the same country or place or family or social uh, circles than you did. How you view them. uh, How you respond emotionally to the unexpected. How you deal with conflict how you react uh, financially to surprises. How you think and how you feel right now comes from uh, something that I'm calling your current uh, blueprint. Uh, it's informing how you think and how you feel and how you respond and how you treat people. The blueprint, you, everybody is operating off of a, uh, off of a, a blueprint, but, um, and, and put this up for me, people rarely admit their blueprint is wrong, even if it's obvious. Like, it's not building the house you want it to, and you know it. But dude, I don't know how, maybe it's easier for you than it is for me, but when my blueprint's not working and it's building me a bad house, or it's building me a bad marriage, or it's making me a bad parent, or it's making me a bad friend, I rarely look at the blueprint and blame the, the blueprint. Now, why is that? I've been asking myself that this week, and I think the Holy Spirit is going to show you. Take this thought home with you. Uh, It's easier on our pride to try and catch up on sight rather than to change our blueprint. We have any people from industry here? I grew up in industry, and so you might not know what a blueprint is. A blueprint is just the design that an architect has to build you a certain type of house or to build you a certain type of emotional life or to build you a certain type of church. It's a blueprint. It's a plan for your life. Now, uh, God has a plan for your life and so do a lot of people. So does the devil. It's much easier to try to like, you know what, I know that the blueprint is not really telling me to do the right thing right now, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make the changes on site Uh, Even if the blueprint's bad, I'm not going to go back here and change the blueprint. And do you know why we do this on-site? Which means I don't know how to parent teenagers, and I'm working off of a a seven-year-old. This is what worked to to parent my seven-year-old child. And now I have teenagers, but I'm still using this blueprint. I'm just going to make the changes on-site because I'm super talented. (laughs) The trouble is, when you do that, and you don't go back and, and fix or update or add to that blueprint... It keeps your pride intact to try to handle it on the spot. But if you go all the way back here, you have to admit uh, somewhere along the way that uh, the plan that you have been using is either outdated or completely wrong or needs to be added to, and you have to admit that I don't have as much uh, smart as I'm trying to get you to think that I have. I don't have as much together as I'm trying to get my small group to think that I have. I don't know as much as I want you to think that I know. If I have to go back off of the blueprint and be like, oh, I'm just working off the wrong blueprint. There's something about it that brings humility to have to do that. Because this blueprint still feels right to you. But it's not getting you the house that you want. It feels right, but it's wrong. How do we bridge this uh, gap? The Holy Spirit is going to help you today. To do that, because some of some of you, um, I'm a pastor. Can I just speak freely? Some of you are blaming the devil for what you're doing. Right. The devil didn't do that stupid thing and didn't say that stupid thing to your kids. You did. You didn't even need any help. And we spend our uh, Christianity, if you're not a a follower of Jesus yet, you're just checking this out, welcome. Welcome. we made this all for you. It's on us. We love you. Explore faith. I I think that faith in Christ can be a robust thing. Robust enough for your doubts and your fears and your sin. But as we move uh, this forward here, I I think what happens is we, we just keep working off of the same blueprint that's not working. And then we go around trying to fight the devil and the devil's like, I'm not doing that, man. But I'll help now. <laughs> and we glorify things that shouldn't be glorified when yes. if you would do a little work in the Holy Spirit yes. and swap this blueprint, I'll bet you'd get a different house. Right. People rarely admit their blueprint is wrong even if it's obvious. You're no different than I am there. I, uh, I did a, a hotel... Uh, chain, I did a hotel one time, it had about 100 suites in it, and I come from the electrical industry, and so I'm going to give you a little bit of my background so you understand what blueprints do and what blueprints are. Any industry guys and girls in the, in the house here today? If you don't know what that is, the house you live in had a blueprint, and it, you should know a little something about it. I, uh, I did about a 100 suite hotel um, when I was in industry, and I started looking at the blueprints when I first got them, and I, and I put them on the table, and I started looking at them, and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a lot in this. And then what I did, a very wise thing, I called somebody who had done about 10 of these in a row and had done the most recent versions. And the first thing that he said to me was, oh my goodness, no, do not look at that blueprint. (laughs) We have been looking at that blueprint for 10 years. It is outdated. You will do things in there that nobody cares about. You will add extra stuff that nobody even uses anymore. And I realized, you better make sure you're working off of the right blueprint. So then what I did was I hired him to come on my site and just give me a different blueprint so that I could get the building the way that the builders wanted it. It's a blueprint. Where do you get your blueprint cues from? And that's part of the problem. I think that your blueprint comes through this thing called mentoring and apprenticeship. And that's what I came from in industry. It's not just enough to get book smart. Book smart is not smart smart. They're very smart, dumb, book smart people because their lives aren't getting them the results that they want and they think that they know, but it's different than being taught. No, no, no. You need to have, in my trade, uh, you need to have a healthy fear of electricity. It'll put the fear of God on you, man. Oh, you think that the book told you to do that thing, but that's not how it actually works. Oh, this is theory, but now let's blow up some tools and shock your fingers and make little black marks everywhere. Freak you out. It's um, I had a young man working for me. His name was Ona. I think he was from Holland or something. And, and he was working for me one time. And I, I was in my third year of apprenticeship. And I was uh, running the housing crews for that company. And, and I told him, I'm like, do the circuit and do it like this. Like that to that to that to that. Go over here. Do that to that. I came back about a half an hour after it should have been done. I came back and I'm like, what are you doing? And he says this to me. He says, I found a different way to do it. See, the Holy Spirit gives you a blueprint in how to be a good married person. And you're like, I found a different way to do it. Industry Corey, I don't know if many of you have met Industry Corey. I just blinked real slow. I'm like, there's probably 15 ways to do it. The way that I showed you takes half the time. And he says, but it still works. And I'm like, yep. My way works too and takes half the time. (laughs) Well, the way that he did it was so complicated that it ended up taking my way was about a third of the time because something else got screwed up. And I remember thinking to myself, I gave you a blueprint. Why don't you just follow the blueprint? And he just went out on his own and decided. And I finally said to him, look, I said, I've done it all of the ways that you would try to do it. And this is the best way. It takes half the time. Follow the blueprint that you got. You're making changes on site, but I'm the one with the experience. Someday you'll have your own site. And if you want to do it really slow and crappy, then do it that way. But around here, we care about the company making money because our kids need to eat. So if we could just do it this way, that would be great. See, what, what happens is you and I, um, because we're so impatient and because everything on Instagram tells us, I mean, have you ever noticed that, or Pinterest, I don't know what you're, what you're into, but look, if you have kids, your life is a mess. It's okay. We know we got kids. And whoever's on Instagram with their, you know, duck face selfies with all the cupcakes that they just baked. That's not what it looks like at two in the morning, everybody. We live in a society of instant gratification, which means this is what happens with our life. God, God gives you like a 20 year plan to get your life on track. And you're like, I want to do this in 20 days. So um, I don't have time for the foundation. Can you just give me like the show home pictures and I'll build that. And so what we do is we just go to try to find the last page of the blueprint, but have you ever noticed that, um, that God never gives you the last page of the blueprint because he wouldn't do any of the other pages of the blueprint. And what we do is we operate off of one blueprint at a time because we're human and we're very simple like that. So your, your belief system and how you treat people comes from really one blueprint at a time that you're doing because you're not that complex, I know that you think you are, but you're not. You're very simple and very easily tricked. And so we're we're working off of the show home. And so what happens is we're like, oh, that's a nice uh, wall. Let's make sure that we get the painting right. And let's, you know what? It takes a lot of wood to build walls. Why don't we, instead of putting them every 18 inches, why don't we put them every four feet? And save a bit of time, if we could. And then we'll just put the drywall up and we'll, let's, let's make this house look good to you. Let's make my family look good to you from the outside. I'm going to talk about church culture in a minute too Because you can build a church like that if you want Let's make it all look good out there But um, The the trouble is And and here's the thing that I, I know about you Is that the trouble is It takes a lot of work to put the plumbing in And some of us We got the toilet sitting there And that's great But it's flushing into the basement everybody Come on It's just flushing down in the basement And it's okay for a while until it catches up with you cuz digging plumbing pipes in is dirty work it's messy you got to get mud on your hands to to actually build a plumbing system or an electrical system but this is what we do we have a very immature version of something so here's what i know parenting a 2 year old is different than parenting a 10 year old and a 15 year old and a 16 year old and a 16 year old and a half a year old and it's different The needs change. You need the updates on what you're working on, but where do we get the cues from? Um, When you get married, what got you married will not, can I hear an amen, keep you married. How you were 20 years ago is not good enough anymore. You were immature. You thought you knew everything and you knew nothing. Oh my goodness, you knew nothing. You had a song. You don't have a song anymore, everybody. You don't even remember music anymore. <laughs> it's this idea that, that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life today. Because we'd rather just work off of what we know because it's easy and it's very simple. It's just like, here's how I respond. Here's who I am. And I don't need to change for anybody. And I don't need to. And if I come into the house of God and I come in with a church blueprint and this is what I'm used to. And this is what I'm operating off of. But this is what God will do to you. He will start adding blueprints to it. So if you had a good foundation, that's great. But now he needs to build, take another blueprint and add it to the good foundation that you have. Who cares about the chandelier if the light doesn't come on? We need some power of the Holy Spirit in church culture. You need some power of the Holy Spirit in your marriage or you're going to fail. You need some power in the Holy Spirit to raise your children because you don't know what you're doing. And he does. And you need to power the systems. You need to take the sewage out. Freedom groups. You've been flushing it into the basement long enough. Let's go to freedom group and get our lives cleaned up. Come on. It takes guts. we like, oh, wow. we got to go down to the basement and clean it out. But then we're going to add some pipes so that we don't have stuff on top of stuff on top of baggage on top of stuff. Your life needs to be a mature version of what God wants it to be. And so this is why it's so frustrating to be a Christian sometimes because... A, there's no such thing as self-help. Not really. There's discipline. But self-help, no, no. We have to admit that God actually is the one who brings good things into our lives. And we have to go to him and his people to get what we need. And so what happens is we start, uh, it's frustrating because everything in your life is like, you know, when I was young, I just thought, well, you know, when I'm in my mid-20s, then I'll kind of won't have to change much anymore. And when I was thinking, you don't know what you were thinking when you were 25. You're in, look, I love you if you're 25. I love you, but. I got my journeyman ticket before I got my master's and I walked into the shop and the old grizzled electrician said, welcome to your apprenticeship. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm a journeyman. He's like, welcome to the first day of the rest of your career. And then I got thrown into troubleshooting situations where a lot of people were standing there staring at you like, fix this for us because we can't do anything right now. And I'm like, oh, that's what he meant. It's a learning curve. You have to become a lifelong learner. You have to be adaptable. You can't just work off the same blueprint. It will not get you the same result forever. And so what happens is God starts adding these blueprints to your life and adding these blueprints to your life. And then what God does is this really, really irritating thing when you're like, I just want to build a show home, but I don't really want to build it so somebody could live in it. I just want everybody to think that I have a show home. And God's like, well, actually, your life was supposed to shelter people and feed people and help people. Health is for helping. And he's like, I don't care as much how it looks to the outside as I care about what's on the inside. How well it functions. Now here's the thing, we've been talking about church culture. Some of you didn't grow up uh, in church at all and so everything you're learning is like a new blueprint and a new blueprint and a new blueprint. But the frustrating thing about coming into life with God is that he wants you to learn things constantly. Every month I feel like I get a new blueprint. Like, okay, that's great. You've been working on that. Great job. Okay, add to that discipline this. Next year, add to that discipline this. But I just got through all of this. Right. So add to that this. Add to that this. Add to that this. Add to that this. And now you're working off a much more comprehensive set of prints that actually includes all the structures that you need in your life. Not just the one, not just the two, not just the three, but all of them. Some of our prints were, were like 50, 60 blueprints deep. And you actually had to go through them all and make sure that you didn't miss anything. It had to all work together. See, some parts of your life are working and some aren't. Some are working by yourself and not working with people. Some are working with people and not by yourself, your inner moral life, your inner moral compass. Why? Because you haven't added that blueprint. You haven't asked for that blueprint yet. Let me show you what it means. When a child is uh, small and they want to apologize... um, It's enough to say, I'm sorry that I made you feel like that. When adults don't apologize for anything, you're working off an old outdated blueprint that probably got your parents divorced. I have teenagers now, and they can see my life, and and we're way past the discipline years, and we're into the coaching years. I'd better be honest with them. If I screw stuff up, I'd better say it to them. I'm sorry. I could have done better. See, it needs to mature. My apologies need to get better. I need to go deeper. I need to dig out every little thing that I do, and I'm like, no, that was wrong. I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to who I did it to. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. And see, um, when God wants to reinform your emotions and your mind, when you're a child, things just happen to you, and you react to them emotionally but when you're an adult or when you're in church culture man you can't be hurt by the same things that you used to be hurt by life is too important to pass it by by being immature by being small-minded by being selfish and self-centered do you know why my feelings don't get hurt that much because I don't let them I'm a man not a small child and not a teenager no offense teenagers you can do this too you know why my mind doesn't spin off in all directions? Because I don't let it. I bring it under the control of the Holy Spirit of the living God. And I don't need to be paranoid about my life. I have a Father in heaven and He'll take care of it. I just need to do what He tells me to do. I don't have to have everything figured out because He's got it. Just bring me the next blueprint and send the next person with the next blueprint that I need. I don't even care who it is. Oh, but you haven't met my boss. Oh, I've had bosses that would make your boss look amazing. God sent him to me. I'm like, why did you send this person to me? I don't like this person at all. He's like, I don't particularly like them either. But I love them. Okay. So I'm just but there's something you need to learn from them that I sent them for. And if you can stay, when everybody else goes, you'll get something that nobody else gets. And then God sends inspectors to us. Inspectors in the body of Christ. You're small group leaders, man. You're team leads. He sends inspectors to tell you how you're doing. Hey, you missed a couple of things. No, I didn't. Not on this blueprint. They're like, that blueprint? Oh, sweetheart. Nobody been working off that blueprint for 20 years. Let's do a blueprint swap. You can keep that there if you want to, but let's put this one over top of it because you need to grow into it. Every time I get a new blueprint, I feel like I don't know anything. And it's true. I know that, but I don't know this. And it's humiliating. You'd think I would know more by this stage. And God hands me the next one and has a laugh and is like, here you go. I'm like, oh, but I thought opposite to this. And he's like, yes, obviously, that's why I gave you the blueprint. (laughs) Well, God, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, that's why I sent you that person. Well, I don't particularly like the way that person speaks to me. God's like, I don't care. (laughs) You a man? You a teenager? You can get over this or not? Well, I guess I can get over it if you think I can. Such good preaching, y'all. You need to get on top of this, I think. In Luke chapter 5, because, see guys, we can build a, um, a show home church if you want to. Where the toilet's flush in the basement. Or we can go to work on the lives of people. I don't know what kind of church blueprint you came in here with about how it ought to look and whatever. All I know is what God has called us to do. And it's new information for some of you, and I feel that. Right? I mean, you come here and it's different. Well, we can only be who God wants us to be. But there's something that God wants to do here that I think is a deep work in the lives of people. We don't want to get you saved and baptized. We want your life to work out. Well, that means we've got to have rooms and we have to have food in the fridge and we have to prepare. Which means we've got to be good with money. We've got to be generous. We've got to make sure this works. Because if the church fails for any reason, then people don't find salvation in God and find their destiny. And that's just not acceptable to us. Right. We have to choose up front sometimes if we're going to try to meet everybody's preferences. But how many people know that preferences don't matter if somebody is drowning in the water? It yeah. Yeah. shouldn't. There has to be this idea that we are building our systems bigger than what we are because the family of God is not yet complete. And there's a kid missing at the mall, and we can't stand it. And we're going to make sure that there's a room for them when they get here. We're going to make sure that we have hunting parties out there to get them. At the coffee shops. At your job. That's what you're there for. You're out there, man. You're like a spy charting out the territory. You see that person who hates God, and you're like... One day you'll come to my church Oh you'll come then you'll cry in the worship service And you'll be like I don't know what happened And I'll be like I know what happened <laughs> Saul from Tarsus man Wrote half of the New Testament Don't you tell me God can't get to somebody God can do anything After this it says Jesus went out And saw a man named Levi uh, Levi is Matthew Matthew who wrote of this account Actually in the gospel of Matthew But Matthew didn't grow up in church What? He was at his work collecting taxes. He had a blueprint for his life that was not as nice as your life has been. Um, The tax collectors of the day would put a bid out to Rome, and Rome would accept the highest bid. And how the tax collectors made their money, the chief tax collectors, is that anything they collected over and above what they gave to Rome and fulfilled their quote, they could keep. And Rome didn't care how they got it. I know you're all nice Canadians. You feeling what I'm saying here? So go hire some thugs and go get the money. Mafia. This is his life. He's been working off of this blueprint. Somebody here has been coming in working off a blueprint that is not honoring God. And you can feel it. The house that you're living in is not the house that he intended for you to live in. Jesus says, come along with me. It's interesting. Jesus is not like, hey, you know, great blueprint. Let's try to adjust. Sometimes he just says to us like, okay... Come on over here. Let's get a different blueprint altogether. This is not working. And he did. He walked away from everything and went with him. Now, why do I talk about this when we're talking about who church is for and how all this works? Because, see, um, Matthew or Levi, uh, Levi was just his Hebrew name. Um, Matthew, I I think of him as Matthew, so he would have been probably excommunicated from church altogether. He was not allowed in the synagogue because he was a betrayer of his own people and this is what they did to tax collectors. They would just excommunicate them and their families, like, don't bother coming to church anymore. Just yeah, not you. Like if you weren't you, then you could come. We send this message to somebody sometimes. Somebody who's asked me, like, there's this huge deal about like you baptized, well, you baptized. I still haven't figured out how you don't baptize sinners because we're all sinners. And if a sinner is not allowed to come to church, well, what kind of sin? Does it really matter? We all got the sickness of sin. It all separates us from God. It sounds like we're all in the same problem. And if sinners aren't allowed here, am I allowed here? You're allowed to laugh at that. Is this sinner allowed in church or not? No, I mean, we're careful, like, with who we let teach kids. (laughs) Hold the babies. Don't get me wrong. You've got to be nice people. We check you out. Check out your background check. Got security people who mess you up? Not really. They will if they have to. That's all, the whole kid safety thing. Are we all on the same page there? Local pastor threatens security team to mess you up. Just treat our kids good. But here's a man who is not welcome in church and Jesus comes along to the synagogue and comes along to establish church and he'll come along and offend that little religious person in you that's so self-righteous. And think somehow that you're saved because of something you did? That you got past that sin because of something you did? Oh yeah, no, you had to be disciplined, but where was the power coming from? You're just in the, you're a vessel in the middle. It was the grace and mercy of God that you woke up with this morning. You didn't feel it, you didn't think about it, you didn't say thanks, but it was there. And this Matthew, this Levi, he's not even allowed to come into church. And Jesus comes to the church people and he says, hey, I've got a different blueprint. Okay, let's add to Moses because you misinterpreted Moses. You're working off of one blueprint that's so old and so outdated. It's great, but it wasn't the end. It was just the beginning. And this is what he says. He says, a Levi or Matthew gave a large dinner at his home for Jesus. Everybody was there, tax men and other disreputable characters as guests at the dinner. The Pharisees became professional Christians. And their religion scholars came to his disciples greatly offended. What is he doing eating and drinking with crooks and sinners? Like, oh my goodness. Jesus heard about it and spoke up. Who needs a doctor, the healthier the sick? Another translation says Jesus shot back. He put a shot across the bow of church and said, Who needs a doctor, the healthier the sick? It's hard to fix you if you don't think you're sick. Church people. Hard to get fixed if you come to church and you think you got it all together. Your wife and kids are like, you do not have it all together. Just get holy in the worship experience. See, Matthew had this real thing that we're trying to recreate in Venue Church where he's like, I've got all these old friends from this old way of life, building old houses that don't work, and I've got these new friends in Jesus. And if I could just put them all in the same room, what could happen? If I could just get... The 30-minute church person and the 30-year person in the same room. I wonder what can happen. Mm -hmm. It wasn't one or the other, everybody. It was all. It was and. It was all in the same room. And Jesus said, I'm here inviting outsiders, not insiders. An invitation to a changed life listen changed inside and out. Inside and out, inside and out. That's been in my head all week. Inside and out, inside and out. Which means the stuff inside the wall is more important than the stuff on the wall. Who you are when nobody's looking. Can you do what's right when you get hurt or when you think you get hurt? Can you do what's right? Stuff inside the wall matters more than what's on the wall. The great painting, who cares? Painting doesn't feed people. Oh, that got quiet. Church people, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I love it when God replaces my blueprints because the only way for him to do it is for him to hurt my feelings and I just open myself up and say, hurt my feelings then. If that's the cost of progress, then let's do this. I don't need to have my feelings hurt by a new blueprint that's going to help me. Make me a better person. Jesus said, when you're celebrating a wedding... You don't skimp on the cake and wine. You feast. Later you may need to pull in your belt. But this isn't the time. He's saying, guys, you got all involved in the ceremony of it. That you forgot that the wedding, is o- the wedding day is only the wedding day. It's the beginning. It's not the end. You guys are celebrating church and the ceremony of church. And he's like, you guys forgot that it was about the relationship. And relationships get better. Yeah, Conflict is supposed to bring you together with people. And if it's not, you're working off the wrong blueprint. Hurt and pain is supposed to move you closer and connect you better with God and with people. And if it's not, you're working off the wrong blueprint. And he says down in verse 36, and I'm going to end on a verse that seems totally out of place. And the Pharisees would have thought the same thing too. And, and it offended me and I had to get my head around it. No one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch old work clothes. You want fabrics that match. What? makes sense to anybody? Maybe you're more smarter than I am. And he says, and you don't put... Wine in old, cracked bottles, you get strong, clean bottles for your fresh, vintage wine. He's saying, How you're thinking about your life is like me trying to pour something, pour fresh wine into old, cracked bottles. And we're like, But I thought that we had more uh, of it together. And he's like, No, actually, you don't. It was okay 20 years ago, it was okay two years ago, but it's not okay anymore. And then he says this statement here that I want you to go home with. And no one who has ever tasted fine aged wine prefers unaged wine. No one. You're like, but I'm special. He's like, no one. For all have sinned. Not me. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's okay. Sin was not the problem. He said, I fixed it. He says, and no one who comes from drinking the old wine immediately prefers the new wine. No one. No one. No one. If you could get that shock out of your system, what could God do with your life? No one, everybody, likes being handed a new blueprint. No one. It's hard on our pride. It hurts our feelings. We can't admit that we're as smart. We're not as smart as we led you on to believe, and we're not. Somebody said, I think it was Spurgeon said, I could be wrong about that, I think it was Spurgeon that said, if somebody accuses you of doing something that you didn't do, he said, don't worry about it, you're probably worse than they think that you are. (laughs) Relax. Your reputation, is it really that important to you? Why don't we get a new blueprint here? No one prefers the new blueprint. No one. There's something that God wants to do that he needs to pour the grace of the Holy Spirit into your life just to get you to look at the new blueprint. But I know that He can't give it to you until you ask because the Holy Spirit is still a gentleman. He won't make you saved if you don't want to be. He won't forgive your sins if you don't want to. But would you do something with me today and just close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit, would you give me a new blueprint? I have the feeling that something needs to change right now. And I'm too proud to find it on my own and I'm way too stubborn and silly to make my own blueprint because it's not working. Heavenly Father, We're afraid of the storm because our house is a bit rickety because of the blueprint that we're operating off of. And I pray that today you would speak peace and give us a new blueprint, that we would hang out with people that have learned to love discomfort and get new blueprints. Oh God, I pray for patience from the Holy Spirit and help and peace today. In Jesus' name, amen.